Welcome. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is episode 20, and I'm Ronnie. And I'm Lindsay. And we are stoked to do this episode, and we're glad that you're here and listening. We've got some great things we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Spring is right around the fucking corner. Yeah. And so we're going to talk a little bit about spring equinox and what that means. We're going to talk about a spring flower. Yeah. Crocus. Oh. And uh, we've got a brand new Pussy of the Week. Yeah, dude. So much stuff to talk about today. So much. It's going to be great. Uh, Top of the show disclaimer. Shout out to Brian. We love you. He got us, uh, not us, he got Lindsay. <laughs> uh, we're one person now. Yeah, no, he, he definitely got it for us, right. for but sure. Lindsay had a birthday. If you listened to the last episode, you know it was Lindsay's birthday recently. And Brian gifted Lindsay some brand new microphones. Yeah. So we're also twinsies with our uh, headsets now. Yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> but that means that our brand new microphones, this is DIY, we're getting used to it. And uh, we've discovered that these mics are while awesome pick up our like butt scratches our bottle swooshes our nose picking whatever we're doing yeah <laughs> you're gonna know so we move you hear it <laughs> so <laughs> strap in <laughs> before we get to spring and flowers and all that good jazz Lindsay, you ordered your robot litter box. Yeah, dude, the litter <laughs> robot. I finally broke down. I cannot clean out <laughs> shit from my bathroom sink anymore. I mean, g- I kudos to it. you. I'm glad like I'm glad that you put your foot down when it comes to Mr. Mister, but at the same time, I'm still like I can't wait to see this thing in action. I can't either. It hasn't arrived yet. They sent me like a shipment notification, and with it I ordered the like the uh the bags that you're supposed to like put into for when it cycles to collect like the poops and the peas oh, okay. and I ordered a mat to put in front of it so they sent me everything is shipped notification and I got uh, a tracking number and all I got was the accessories <laughs> so I look at their website and they're like oh yeah we might ship everything at the same time we might ship it separately but you're only going to get one shipment notification and one tracking number. And I'm like, cool. Why would you not put the tracking number on the $500 litter box? (laughs) Enjoy that, Matt. Like, that's insane. I, does it come assembled or do you have to put it together? I have no idea. Oh, dude, I can't wait. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> what I can't wait is for, uh, I mean, I truly I truly do hope that your cats love it, Mr. and Pterodactyl, and they so poop in the thing, and that you never have to clean shit out of the sink again. But what I'm fully anticipating, for those of you like taking bets at home, I bet Mr. continues to shit in the sink and just looks at this contraption and goes, I don't know what to do with it. Oh, my God. I'm going to kill <laughs> yeah. him. I'm going to kill him. Like, can you imagine buying, like, an insanely expensive litter box just for the cat who already uses the litter box? I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I can't. I can't imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> but I truly, I truly hope that does not happen. <laughs> I hope. Same. Same. <laughs> awesome. Well, I can't, I can't wait. We're looking forward, myself, I'm sure listeners as well, to future Robo Litter updates. <laughs> um, have you tried the Robo Litter? Where does your cat poop mysteriously? Um, you can always drop us a line at 5C2Ppod at Gmail or 5C2Ppod on Instagram. 
Um, if you want to write us, send us a photo. We will like it. We will respond. And likewise, you can give us a follow on Instagram. Or, uh, sorry, Instagram. Or uh, I was meaning to say Spotify because we love seeing if you like us. <laughs> we need that dopamine validation. But you can also leave us a message on iTunes or Apple Podcast. And we'll see that and respond as well. Yeah, we like those too. Yeah, we love to know what you think, good, yeah. bad, or otherwise. Yeah, Give yeah. Us a shout. Totally. Sweet. We will be back in just a moment. We'll light our brand new ritual candle and we'll talk about spring. See you soon, witches. So spring. Spring. It's almost here. I know. I'm it's so getting excited. so nice outside. I know. I love it. I uncovered my garden took all the dead leaves off so that the little tulips weren't all spindly and they're coming up nice it's awesome nice. my yard's full of little purple and white flowers it's beautiful out it's there awesome. right now it's awesome we even found some new little baby mugwort <gasps> the baby mugwort is the <laughs> so cutest cute. thing i have ever seen <laughs> <laughs> so we took um we actually took some of that tiny little baby mugwort and some of the white and purple croci and uh some oh god what did i say that they were called little purple flowers oh shit it was like something of the snow or, or... yeah something of the snow little purple violet like flowers can't remember what they're called some, something <laughs> like that they're really pretty they are they are very pretty they grow like really close to the ground and kind of like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna look up what they are called something of the snow research corner with ronnie i wrote it down but then oh the glory of the snow oh yeah, yeah glory yeah. of the snow so we made a little bundle of flowers, and while we were out um, gathering these flowers, I also found a little old yellow marble. So we've got our own little like spring altar set up with a brand new candle. Candles from Allie's Bees in Syracuse, New York. I know it's not local to Massachusetts, but I really wanted that like cute egg-shaped one that you see everywhere. And they had a, a great little egg-shaped candle. It is so cute. It looks yeah. like what are those? You know those like uh really pretty eggs that are insanely expensive. What are those um, called? You know. Yep. Engineer Dan knows what I'm talking about. I know. Fabergé. Fabergé eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a Fabergé egg. It's um, it's cordoned off into sections for a reason that I can't remember right now. But anyway, it's a lovely candle. And we're going to give it its very first, its inaugural, welcome to spring. Welcome return of the sun. Blah. Summer's right around the corner. <laughs> I feel like before you should light it, you oh. light it, you should give it a little smooch. A that, smooch? That egg is asking for a smooching. A smo Why don't you smooch it? I will. I but mean... I think you should too. <laughs> well, let's, let's safely smooch on opposite gonna... sides of this candle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That egg is just, it really, it's asking for a smooch. Mwah! All right. Cutie egg. <laughs> now it has so much love in it. If it didn't before. So when we were out there today, you found the marble. I found a, a, a very old tennis ball and also a ceramic Dunkin' Donuts mug. Yeah, my yard is a treasure trove. <laughs> <laughs> Every year there's brand new things. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well we've got our little we've got our little ritual candle lit lit on the first try on like our fall bitch <laughs> but here we go uh so i want to talk about spring because the equinox is coming up yeah and also i don't know about you but like so spring is probably my favorite season i'm not a person who picks favorites but 
man, it's a real hard toss. But I want to be a fall person because fall is like cool and witchy and dark and decay and Halloween. But honestly, I'm way happier when spring comes. I think it's be it's that like that adrenaline rush or whatever of like coming out of winter and out of that sort of solitude and everything being new and fresh and everything gets a little warmer and every day is just a little nicer, a little better. And I like that sort of something to look forward to. Yeah, dude, I agree. And like I grew up on the West Coast, so winters weren't especially harsh in California where I lived. Um, but come March and uh, like the beginning of March, my birthday and the weather always started to get a little nicer. It was always like, you know, high 60s, 70 degrees, sometimes even a little bit warmer. I always had a nice sunny day on my birthday. Uh, and then it was leading into summer. Yeah, I think like it was also um, I, growing up uh, in a Christian household, it was also very much that's one one folks we've banged the mic one time today <laughs> uh, we'll keep count on these new mics oh <laughs> you're gonna hear them all it's great. <laughs> but growing up uh the like easter was a wasn't necessarily that it was a big deal but it honestly it was probably my favorite holiday even more so than christmas which is weird because like christmas is lovely and presents and whatever as a kid but i loved like to me spring began when Easter happened, regardless of the equinox, because it was the first day that I always wore whatever dress I wanted to the early morning church service. It was all about flowers. I loved little like, the gifts that we get would be like that the Easter bunny would bring would be like little things. So that was like the beginning of spring was the culmination of spring and Easter. And I was just always really into it. I wanted I wanted daffodils. I wanted hair ribbons. I wanted to fly a kite. It, I could actually finally play outside in the mud. It was it was warm enough to go horseback riding. Like, I don't know. It was just like all these little things that I just, I still love it. I still love that first like whiff of spring in the air. Absolutely. I mean, after, after I moved here, dude, like spring made winter worth it for me. Oh yeah. That's a great way to think about that. It was like because the springs here if if we do get spring they're so beautiful right and the winters are, can be awful this winter was pretty easy but they can be super terrible where it's just bitter cold and snowing all the time um but then that first hint of spring where the daffodils and the tulips yeah. are blooming and you get that that like kiss of the sun on your yeah. face for the first time and you you can just breathe that sigh of relief everything like, is just like bright and everything happy that i and went chipper. through this makes it all worth it absolutely getting like getting ready for baby bunnies yeah in the yard. like all all of these great things yeah so you did some actual research beyond us just reminiscing about how much we love spring and the sunshine. I did. <laughs> so I'd love to to hear a little bit of, you know, I I know some about the equinox, uh, but I don't know a lot. Uh, so I'm... I'm hoping to be enlightened. Well, you did. You mentioned spring and and Easter, and it's it's tied into that a little bit. It is. Um, we we wanted to talk about Astara a little bit, which is um, very much like a Wiccan or neo pagan like celebration of the equinox. So the equinox, the spring equinox, it's um, it's the day in the year in the spring where 
there is a complete and total balance of light and dark. The day is equal to the night. Um, and you can take that, you can, you can, you know, put together, uh, depending on what your witchy beliefs are, you know, you can be like, oh, there's a balance of light and dark. There's a balance of masculine and feminine. Either way, it's like a completely balanced day of the year where um, um, we're starting to say goodbye to the darkness of the winter and we're welcoming the light of the summer. Right. And it's also, I think... The days are getting longer. It's like the culmination of... You know, in the winter where we're actually celebrating the coming of the light because yes. every day it's getting a little bit lighter out and the sun's a little bit more powerful. And this is the sort of like the tipping point yeah. where then we fully flip into the power of the sun and it continues to get stronger but yeah. uh, and gain power. But this is the tipping point where it's not lo- like losing the battle. It's not a battle, but it's it's really stepping into its own. It's it's going to start being more light than it is dark. And that's that's the point. But Astara, we wanted to talk about Astara. Yeah. So Astara or Istra. Okay. Um, cool. <laughs> as she as also is also known. She's a uh Germanic goddess of the dawn. She's uh, uh the Anglo Saxon goddess of the spring. Cool. Um it, the, the name Easter is derived from her name. She has a celebration every year, and it's typically in April, even though, like, the equinox is sort of, uh, it's recognized as her day. Her celebration is in April, and it is the, uh, it's the first full moon after the equinox is her feast. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I love that. Very similarly, and this is something that I did not know until I did this research, and I something that I always wondered about because Easter's on a different day every different year. Day every year. And like why? Why would you do that? It's because Easter falls on the first Sunday after the first full moon of the equinox. You mean <laughs> it's not the day that Jesus came back to life? Well I'm in... sorry, I gotta get that one dig in there. <laughs> <laughs> It is celebrated as such because spring is a time of rebirth. It's a, right. it's a time of renewal. It's a time of uh, fertility. So it is celebrated as the rebirth of Jesus Christ um, in association with those old uh, pagan celebrated right. beliefs. Because there's actually, you know, around um, around that time period, about 2,000, 2,500 years ago, there was a lot of different religious beliefs that all had around the equinox around spring that like you said that sort of that death and rebirth tradition that were very like surprisingly similar like the greeks had it the romans had it like pagans had it like it was like like it was it was a thing that was celebrated and i think that even Christianity adopted a lot of that around the same time because it's also easier to get Absolutely. people to convert if you just take the thing that they know and tweak it. Absolutely. Right. And that, that goes for most, I, I think, Christian holidays. Yes. Um, in fact, I believe that spring is is um, now kind of like scholars really more recognize it as around the time that Jesus Christ was born and right. not necessarily around the time that he was reborn. Fair. But who knows? I mean, there's no way we could ever 
really know that. But Astara, man, she's like, she's cool. She's, she's the, the first kiss of warmth on the spring wind. She's the song of those cute little birdies building their nests and, you know, flying around and frolicking and mating. She's, she's the, the renewal of the earth and everything that comes with it. She's the, the first eggs that are laid from the hens after winter. Cause I didn't know this, dude. They stopped laying, they stopped laying eggs in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who has chickens. Hi, Lauren. Um, she has chickens and yeah, they don't lay in the winter. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I love chickens <laughs> so much. They're so cute. They are so, so cute. But I do have a couple of stories too. Before you get into the stories, um, were you able to drum up anything on like how to best celebrate her festivals and her awakening and her feast? So, I mean, a lot of it is uh, baking like breads and cakes and stuff like that. Things that are used with like first grains uh, or like made with first grains and stuff like that. Um, not like a ton, but a lot of it had to do with baking. Cool. Yeah, I actually, I did find, um, I didn't mean to beat you into that, but uh, I had some recipes that I found. Ooh. Uh, so I, found, I have a hearth witch book. Um, and in that they had some recipes that were specifically related to Astara. Uh, and they all had something mostly to do with either eggs. They were, so they were either egg based or they were like fresh, like first spring herb based. Yeah. Uh, so things like, um, a lot of like, uh, oh, and also a lot of puddings and pudding in terms of like a rice pudding or that sort of thing. So, um, lots of like milk with first grains, like you said, and spices, um, like cinnamon, uh, nutmeg, those kind of like warm spices. But, um, three of the ones that I found were eggs with sorrel, which was not what I thought it would be. You take sorrel, which, and then make it into a paste, pulverize it, uh, with onions and that sort of thing. And then you whisk in eggs and you kind of like cook it like a stew. Like, weird. it's like this weird egg sorrel thickened soup. It's weird. <laughs> um, and you're supposed to, like, pour that over, like, fish or chicken or something. It's more oh, like a sauce. Okay. Um, I found one called nettle pudding, which you basically make uh, a, a sort of sweet pudding-ish out of spring nettles, which we'll do a whole episode on nettles. Um, and then I found two that were both about sheep, which I freaking loved. So in the spring, you shear your sheep. So they get all fluffy and gnarly and nasty during the winter and you shear them. And in extra the spring. cute. Uh, extra. Well, they're always cute, <laughs> but yes. Um, so you have to shear them in the spring and then they grow a fresh coat, um, during the summer and then you do it again. So there was two that I found that were very old. Um, one was clipping pudding. Do, Which it was, doesn't have like, no. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's uh, it is a same as the second one was called shearing cake, mm. and they were both traditional um, shepherds dishes. So you it would be a big day. You would get all the sheep together because you have to bring them also like down from the mountainside and all of that sort of stuff. And so you bring all the sheep in. You have a big shearing festival essentially <laughs> a big shearing day where everybody helps and you either make this pudding which was basically a rice pudding uh, or you make this shearing cake which was kind of like a 
kind of like a current bread, like a hot cross bun almost. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And totally so, hot cross buns. Yeah. So you do like it's sort of similar to those. And that would be the food that you would use and eat to celebrate the shearing of the sheep in the spring. So some spring stuff for you. Oh, <laughs> I love the sheep so much. They're so cute. Have you ever oh, sheared a sheep? I'm going to tangent for a second. No, no dude, but my, so much my father lives in this house and we lived there for a little while when we were kids, but he still lives there. And it's like across the street from a river, but it's surrounded by farmland. And when we first moved there, there would be a bazillion sheep just like hanging out in our oh, backyard. Oh, that's awesome. Just love it. hanging out. And they would come up to the windows and they'd like put their little hooves up there and be like, <gasps> scratch scratch and I, we'd be like shapes oh no <laughs> so cute they're so cute <laughs> so cute they're so cute i love them so much um other animals associated with astara are the hare actually probably the the one animal that's most associated with her is the hare it's a bunny rabbit yeah yeah pretty much um they're nocturnal which i didn't know I did. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, man. We have easily a dozen rabbits that live in the bramble um, a knotweed thicket in the corner of our yard. And, yeah, they are nocturnal as fuck. Yeah. They, are, they Like, you come home after dark and you can easily be like, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, look, there's seven more white tails running away from me. <laughs> yeah. And and part of them being nocturnal is or, – or part of the reason that they're associated with this, they're associated with the moon – because they're nocturnal and people used to believe that they were like the moon where they would die in the morning and (laughs) be reborn at night and thus they're associated with immortality wow that's i did not know that that is really cool it is kind of cool now i kind of want to get like a rabbit tattoo like a rabbit and a moon yeah awesome yeah yeah it's super cool. But there's like, there's a couple of stories about the hair that in relation to Ostara or Istra too, that are, that are kind of cute. The, the first one being, and the one that I saw the most two. was, <laughs> that was sorry, you guys, sorry. <laughs> I'm still not sure like how close to this I need to be. So the first being that like Ostara found this bird. Okay, and it was winter, and this bird was so cold. Maybe it was frozen, whatever. So she she turns it into a rabbit so that it has this coat to keep it warm. And that is why on her day, and you know if you're if you're celebrating Easter, this is why on Easter, once a year, the bunny, the hare, can lay eggs oh my god it's the easter bunny yeah <laughs> it took that it took that whole story for me to put that together <laughs> yeah yeah dude. that's fucking cool yeah why that's... didn't nobody I, man i i don't remember how many times i asked my dad how does a bunny lay eggs he had no answer how does the bunny get them here his answer wheelbarrow it's because he Kudos used to dad. be a bird <laughs> because he used to be a bird oh my that's because That's the best be answer. <laughs> but there's this other story that I came across, and this one really got me in the feels, dude. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. good. <laughs> or I got, I got teary eyed. I was this like, is a safe oh no. space. Oh my god. Hopefully, it doesn't happen again. I'm you not, can cry. I'm not Our much of a. I'm, I'm not really much of a crier, but so it goes. Once upon a time, 
The animal kingdom, uh, they were getting together because they were anticipating the arrival of a very special guest. The special guest was none other than the goddess herself. And they were hustling about and trying to get ready for this, this reception to celebrate her. They all wanted to give her a gift. And some of the, some of the animals were, were rich. Some of them were very, very poor. But everybody wanted to give her something. So they're all going about their business and they're trying to find the perfect gift for the goddess. The hare goes home and he's like, I love her so much. I want to give her the thing that is the most special to me. And the hare is looking through his home and he couldn't find anything. He found nothing. He went through, you know, the bedroom, nothing. He went through, you know, whatever rooms hares have, nothing. He goes to the larder and he finds a single egg. So he says to himself, well, this is all I have. This is all I have to give her. This is what I'm going to give her. So she arrives and the animals gather around. They all take turns giving her her presents. And she, she loves them all, of course. Of course. And finally, it's the hare's turn. The hare is last. And the hare had decorated his egg for her. He was like, this is all I have. I'm going to make it the most beautiful egg that ever was. And he gives her this egg. And the hare was her favorite because the hare gave up everything he had to give it to her. Aww. <laughs> so cute. <It's> so cute. <laughs> It's so cute. So the egg is also a symbol of right. us, uh, of Astara. But and, it's and another like bunny egg story. I love it. I yeah. love the bunny eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the second story best. I, yeah, I'm a sucker for <laughs> yeah. a good like once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but the egg, yeah, the egg 100% symbolizes fertility. Some cultures even like see it as a symbol of the universe where everything inside that egg is what is needed to create life cool yeah that, i mean yeah. that makes sense from a from the standpoint of like like a creature lays an egg and there's a goo inside yeah and then that goo becomes a thing like imagine how mind-boggling that must have been before we could actually like explain the science of what was happening yeah dude but even when you're like looking at the leg or not the leg the egg and the equinox. So the equinox is the perfect balance of dark and light. Absolute balance. When you're looking at the egg, it's also an absolute balance of dark and light. The yolk and the white. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or even like the masculine and the feminine. Cool. Yep. Oh. I was going to say like like fragility in life kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Or like fragility and strength even because you can crush an egg one way but not the other way. There's all kinds of cool egg shit. Ooh, I don't know how to crush an egg one way and not crush it another so it, way. So an egg on its side will break um, much more quickly than pressure applied, like, top down. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, Sweet. So some fun spring facts. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I totally forgot. Oh, what? Did you know that hares can get pregnant while they're already pregnant? No. That's a terrible. Doesn't it sound awful? That's so breeding like rabbits. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. It's because they're getting pregnant on top of being pregnant. Ugh. Ugh. Poor. I, <laughs> ugh. 
Poor Mama Bunny. I have so many gross feelings about this. I know. <laughs> it's so awful. Oh, man. That's why there's so many fucking rabbits in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah uh, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't unlearn that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to take a, a short break. We're going to come back and talk about crocuses. But before we do, I'm going to drop in some other uh, some other spring flowers. Uh, not only do you get the crocus, but you also get something called a gorse, which I don't know what it is, a daffodil, the primrose, and, of course, coltsfoot, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest thing there that they all have in common, which probably is why the crocus is not on that list, is um, they're all sun-colored, so they're all yellow. And the reason that um, it was sort of believed that the yellow flowers came up first is um, to reflect the increasing power of the sun. Oh. Yeah. So it was like the sun was like, hey, I'm here. And the flowers were like, hi, sun. (laughs) We see you. (laughs) We'll be yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. Well, we'll be right back to talk about crocus. Totally. See you soon, witches. Welcome back. Yeah. It is herb time. Kelly. We're going to talk about crocuses or croci. Both are appropriate. Both are fine. Croci is a plural. Yeah, you can use croci as a plural. I Mm -hmm. I read that. It's dumb. I'm just going to say crocuses. I would probably say crocuses too. Like, I feel weird saying octopi. Yeah. I like octopuses, even though it's probably (laughs) not right because it's, you know. Right. Kind of like saying pussies, except pusses. Right. Close. Octopussies is also Octopussy. awful <laughs> <laughs> but we're not, not going to talk about cephalopods yeah we don't we're going to talk those. about crocuses yeah, yeah. Uh, which grow plentiful in my yard one of the first flowers of spring so it felt appropriate on this ostara uh, episode to talk about one of those uh, they they grow all over the place i think most people are familiar with the Ones that grow here in New England or North America, sort of in general, the like pink, purple, sometimes yellow, uh, but they they come in all types of colors. I didn't know European ones um, can also come in like a bright orange and coral and pink colors. Oh, yeah. I might even like mistake them for a poppy or something if I saw a bright orange one. Maybe these ones are called Dutch crocuses, the ones that we're most familiar with. Um, although they have nothing to do with being Dutch, I can't remember why they're called Dutch crocuses. That's a terrible fact. <laughs> they, I mean, they do, they do like somewhat resemble like a tulip that's yeah. unfurled quite a bit. I think the the ones that I've seen the most are in your yard, and they're usually like either white with a little bit of purple, like veinage to them, or like the purple with like mostly purple with like white tips, right? Maybe. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I've got some that are like a deep purple, some that are like a lilac color. Yeah. I have no yellow ones. Yellow is the one I really want in my yard, but there's no yellow ones. Well, that's okay. That's fine. I mean, so okay, all right, dude. I think that I know the answer to this. I'm pretty sure you know the answer to this. It's something that I wonder about a lot of things that we talk about, and you usually do have the answer to it. Um, Maybe you don't this time. I don't know, because this is a 
a flower. So, but but what I what I want to know, and maybe what other people want to know, is can you smoke can it? You smoke it. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> oh. This is a weird one. So I'm going, <laughs> so officially, I'm going to say no. You can't, right. you, this is not one that I would recommend smoking. In fact, um, crocus are considered toxic. Oh. So the, like, you can't eat it. You shouldn't eat the leaves. You shouldn't eat the bulbs. You shouldn't eat, because they are tiny little bulbs. Um, you shouldn't, like, eat the flowers. You shouldn't smoke the flowers. You shouldn't grind them up to, like, make a, I don't know, a skin paste. Like, they're, they're it's not great. Oh. It's not going to kill you, but it's not great. Did the bunnies in the yard know not to eat it? The, I've never seen a bunny eating a crocus. Okay, so they probably know. Probably. But here's the where the maybe comes in. I did find one reference to uh, the crocus flower being burned in a censer with alum by the Egyptians. Oh. So it's not the same as smoking it. You're not inhaling the same way like you would roll a joint and smoke it kind of thing. Right. But Like you'd be breathing in its essence. But Right. They would use, uh, the Egyptians would use the crocus uh, and the smoke from this crocus alum combo to um, use the smoke as a divination to learn the identity of thieves. So should you not smoke it because it's going to fuck you up? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but if, you know, somebody rips you off. Like you're you going to be real in. high. <laughs> I, I, I'm not recommending smoking this for any sort of like fun divination experience. Like just don't. Don't smoke it. There's yeah. lots of other fun things you can do with the crocus. Just don't smoke it. So uh, crocuses are, like I said, they're a sign of spring. Um, they're also tied magically to new projects, new ventures, uh, new love. Um, and uh, often they would be grown in your yard. And then if you clip them and put them in a bowl in your house, um, it promotes a loving household. Oh, that's yeah. super sweet. Yeah, it's super cute. So love, hope, blessings, new beginnings, all the good spring things. The identity of thieves, which is weird <laughs> that is weird and then kind of building on what you were saying the other thing that they're commonly used for magical purposes is meditation to promote visions i bet it fucks you up man I, if you smoke I bet it. it does too <laughs> i bet it does and i'm not gonna take that chance and i'm not recommending anybody i mean else i would take it i would engineer take dan it <laughs> i would take it if i knew that it wasn't gonna kill me engineer dan wants because like chance. i don't want that <laughs> yeah. I, don't want, I don't want crocus to be the reason that i die but i would definitely try it like to get high I, if i knew that that's all i was gonna do right and i i couldn't find any research at all that recommended because i was like oh i have a bunch of these in the yard maybe we can smoke no just don't Right. Everything that I read was like, these are toxic. And the way you use them to promote visions and meditation has nothing to do with ingesting it. Um, so you would hold the crocus in your, like, in your hands while you meditate to promote good visions. And, or you would like put one under your pillow or make a little sachet, that kind of thing. So it's the presence of a crocus and the crocus's energy and magic that would then promote that kind of like popular vision or good vision or enhanced oh, okay. visions. Does it yeah. smell like anything? So, um, we have some. You tell me. Okay. I'm going to smell it. I'm going to smell a crocus, you guys. So we picked some, oh, so uh, as we mentioned earlier, to put with our, our ritual candle. And I am genuinely curious if you get any sort of scent from them. 
I mean, it smells like mildly flowery, but not like aromatic. I wouldn't describe it as aromatic. It smells like a plant. Yeah, you know, um, so um, I think maybe because my brain is going there, but I get a slight saffron scent from them because da, 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 the most popular way to ingest a crocus is to use their stigma, that little um, the little yellow threads, yeah. not the fluffy part, but the like delicate threads that come out the middle. Yeah. Um, and you you take those out of a specific type of crocus, not these ones. But fancy crocuses that mostly grow in the Middle East and Spain. Um, that they actually one of the few herbs that went from east from west to east. They started in Spain and then the spice became popular oh. um, and was traded eastward. But um, you can use saffron, um, which is a specific type of crocus stigma that is dried. It is very expensive, and I did do a little bit of reading on that too because it kind of goes hand in hand. So uh, on the saffron side. Um, saffron is medicinally speaking high in B2 and most often, um, consumed as a tonic for the liver. It's also an aphrodisiac and on the magic side, um, it's burned in spells for wealth, recognition, and strength, probably because it's so fucking expensive. <laughs> I had no idea it was so expensive. I definitely, so I'm expensive. not even sure if I've ever used it in cooking before. Like you, I, I yeah. kind of know what it is. But yeah, I don't it's, think I've ever used it. It's little red threads. Um, you like the really good stuff um, is usually um, in my. Uh, this is purely my personal opinion. Having cooked a lot with saffron, um, I like Moroccan saffron. That's my favorite. Um, it tends to have personally. I find it tends to have a brighter yellow color, and I like that. Um, but it does in give a yellow tint to the food it's cooked with. But it's also one of those spices that. More is not more. Like it reaches a max capacity in flavor. So you put in four or five threads of saffron into whatever dish you're making. If you could put in a hundred threads, it's not going to taste any more like saffron than it does at four or five. Oh, interesting. That's it doesn't get stronger. Yeah. It's well, weird. that's a good tip to have if I ever decide I need to cook with saffron because I'm one of those more is more <laughs> people. Yeah, no. It also has this like sort of weird cloying flavor that I like, oh. but it's not for everyone. And that's what I think a crocus smells like. It's kind of got this like, it's a little bit aromatic. It's a little little bit floral it's a little bit sweet and um, I I'm glad we actually gave it a sniff because one of the things that I read is there's this whole thing called Victorian flower language where in the Victorian era people believed that you could send secret messages to potential lovers by the type of flower that you would maybe like put in a bouquet put in your hair or hat or your lapel based on the scent of the flower what? So you could attract certain types of individuals based on the scent. And that became this whole language of flowers. And one of the things with crocus, and then then the flower itself just sort of developed that meaning. So it was like, you know, if you wore a rose, you were looking for this kind of person. If you wore daffodil, you were looking for that kind of person. So for a crocus, a crocus was you were looking for or wanted to communicate cheer and goodness. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like for me, I just wanted to find somebody that I could tolerate. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what kind of flower that would be. <laughs> you get a dandelion. <laughs> um, and then I've got one last, um, one last, is this one specific to saffron, uh, but I thought it was neat for the 
late evening bender wear about the neck a vial of saffron threads to prevent inebriation oh <laughs> that would be really good for me i'm gonna try that right yeah. <laughs> i i'm not hopeful on that one i'm but still gonna try it man i thought it was cool i mean sometimes i intend to go out after work for like a drink and then go home sure or like a drink and a quick meal and then go home and then shit spirals well, maybe if you reminded yourself with the threads of saffron about your neck, that that's like you you wouldn't you would still spiral, but you wouldn't be inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> the big thing for me is I just don't want to be hungover the next day. This will not help you with that. <laughs> no, but if I don't get inebriated, then I don't get hungover. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so all kinds of fun little things for the cute little crocus that everyone sees around. Um, remember, you can use it for spells and meditation um, if you're looking for love, hope, blessings, new beginnings, or some meditative visions. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're almost at the end. Yeah, dude. But before we are officially done, one last thing. Oh, what we got? Pussy of the week! <gasps> Pussy of the week! It's still so new to me that I, I keep forgetting that we're doing it. <laughs> okay, so I'm really, I'm excited about this one. And this is going to enlighten all of our listeners about a really nerby, a nerby, nerby <laughs> habit. <laughs> a nerdy hobby <laughs> of mine. I love wrestling. I love wrestling entertainment. Wrestling is pretty sports, entertaining. Sports entertainment wrestling. I have my favorites. I got my I got my guys. I got my gals. I got my up and comers. Uh, but this week's pussy is a wrestler. Yes, I love it. A lady wrestler. Lady wrestler. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, you don't have to be a lady to be a pussy. Well, yeah, but. true. But I was. Well, it was it was sort of a question, right? Yes. Uh, so, our second official pussy of the week is Carmella. Carmella. So, uh, Carmella. Whose real name is uh, Leah uh, Leah Vandale. She's from Massachusetts. Oh, nice. She's smoking. But beyond all of those things, she was a former Patriot, which is a Patriots cheerleader. She's a former Lakers girl. Oh. And now she's a professional wrestler. You go, Carmella. And she made up her own finisher move, which is super complicated. And apparently is like it really works because like some finisher moves like where you like go in to like lock somebody up for a submission move. They like it's just all show. And some of them really work and hers really works. Wow. (laughs) It's really cool. She's very athletic. She's awesome. The reason she's the pussy of the week, because I got a lot of female wrestlers I love and a lot of wrestlers I love, period. But she is such a fucking badass not only in the ring and not only with like her own personal perseverance but with the social media message that she promotes on a very consistent basis not only is she humble and is she like grateful for all the success that she's currently experiencing but she's very open and very vulnerable with the things that she struggles with, especially with her own self-image. And she's doing a lot to help promote the, the fact that the glitz and the glam of being in ring and being on social media and the way you look in a photo shoot and the way you look when you go do a late night TV spot or like all of these things are not, they're who you are, but they're not all that you are. 
And she, while she loves wearing makeup and getting glitzed and glammed up, she recently organized a project she was very passionate about and I freaking loved, um, which was a f- no makeup photo shoot for a bunch of the WWE women. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so there was a whole bunch of really badass, athletic, awesome women that um, did a beautiful photo shoot completely no makeup this was not a like just a little foundation and mascara this was like they scrubbed their face and they had their photo taken and i have never seen such a beautiful photo shoot of strong athletic healthy engaged like fun loving women and they all looked beautiful they all looked happy they all looked like they were having a great time and then she also put a little thing on youtube um, the, a little interview segment where she asked them a bunch of questions about their own insecurities. How did it feel to do a photo shoot like that? Their vulnerabilities, things that they worry about or struggle with. And it was such a touching moment because they shared things like uh, th- things that were very intimate and personal to them about like being insecure about their freckles or uh, being insecure about like the shape of like the shape of their nose as it relates to their like ethnic heritage and that sort of thing. Like, and it was just, it was really moving and really like they cried and I cried and like, it was, it was really lovely. And she does this on a very consistent basis. She's always sharing all of herself um, with her social media presence. And I think more celebrities could take a, a page out of Carmela's book. So Leah Vandale, Carmela, you are my pussy of the week. Carmela, we like you. And if you want to find Carmela on Instagram, she is Carmela WWE. Uh, t- check it out. Pop online. Um, check it out. You can find a link to the, the interview that I talked about on there. Coolio. Awesome. Well, that's been episode 20. I remember, I'm just going to get sentimental here for a second, but I oh. remember uh, standing on the back porch when we first decided to do this being like, if we make it to 20, we'll have made it. So I don't know if we've made it or not, but here we are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, Want to give a very heartfelt thank you to everyone that's been listening, whether you're a new listener, this is your first time, whether you're all 20 episodes deep. We appreciate it so much. And we appreciate those behind the scenes that make us sound way better than we actually are. <laughs> totally. So, our main dudes. Yeah. Much love and huge shout outs to both Brian for the equipment and Dan on a regular basis for helping helping us achieve our goals and our ambitious dreams here. Uh, you rock. We love you. We love Brian you. Brian did the song. <laughs> Brian did the song. Yeah, Brian did our song. <laughs> Brian did our song. <laughs> Brian did our song. <laughs> well, we will see you all next week. Uh, can't wait to chat a little with you all next week yeah. about zodiac signs Dude. it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be so fun see we'll see you then until then no pervs no nazis totally i wonder if the term like she croaked comes from crocus Ooh. i have no why do you ask these things after? I don't know. I didn't I'm not an under talent. <laughs> you could be if you wanted to, though. <laughs> Just the thing I was thinking. Like, oh, yeah, Lindsay croaked, dude. Is that from Crocus? I did croak. I was like... <laughs>